Hey, my friends, welcome back to the Purpose Mastermind podcast. Today I'm with a friend. His name is Rocky Lalvani. I like to call him Rocky. <laughs> when you have a friend named Rocky, you love saying Rocky. <laughs> so, Rocky, um, the reason we're having this conversation is because something you said to me a few minutes ago, you said, my kids are doing great and they're both out of high school. And when you said that, I thought, boy, I bet there's a lot to unpack in that statement. So before we talk about your kids, let's talk about you very briefly. Tell us what you do and what you do for fun. So I'm a dad. (laughs) (laughs) And I work with small business owners and I help them with their financials. It seems that we go to school to make money, but nobody actually teaches us about money. It's kind of weird. And so that's what I do for fun. I help people uh, better understand money and how they can use it as a tool. So your work and your fun is the same thing? Pretty much these days. I also took up karate, but... You you took up karate. (laughs) Are you trying to move up the level in in, in belts? Eventually. Yeah. I think that's incredible. I I think that we adults need things like that every bit as much as kids do. What do you think about that? Well, that's the reason I took it. I'm getting older. I don't want to be that. 70 year old who can't walk i want to be the 70 year old who's vibrant and living life and can still uh do a snap kick i like it i don't know what a snap kick is but it sounds pretty dangerous (laughs) if you can do that when you're 70 you are legit a vibrant person so you have two kids and you said a few minutes ago to me you said my kids are doing great and they're both out of high school So I want to ask you, I want to pick your brain about that, because I think any parent listening to this, when your kids are out of high school, you want to be able to say, my kids are doing great. So first of all, just what are the ages of your kids? What are they doing? My daughter is 21. She graduated uh, early this past uh, December, and she decided to come work with me in our business, which I was surprised about. Not at all what I expected. But uh, it's a welcome addition. My son is 19. He's studying computer engineering. So he is a junior in college. So think about that, 19 and a junior in an engineering program. And he had um, two internship offers this summer from uh, the big tech companies, you know, the the ones that are out there. He's looking to... uh, possibly intern with another one in the fall. Um, he's got a semester and a half of school left. So he's trying to figure out what the, the remainder of senior year looks like. So he graduates before he can even drink at college. Wow. So your daughter, she's 21. Did she go to college? She did. She got out a little early. She finished. And once we learned what a silly game college was, we really ramped it up for my son. Yeah. So uh, she graduated at the age of what, 21? 21. Yeah. And what was her degree in? Business. Okay. When you say you ramped up college for your son, what does that look like? So once we realized that college is essentially a joke and it's a waste of time and money, you know, I started saying to them, well, maybe you shouldn't even go. They don't always listen to you, right? Yeah. (laughs) So what we did for my son is like, okay, if you're going to follow this path, let's do it for the least amount of money possible. 
So rather than stay in high school and do essentially nothing for your last two years of high school, we're going to pull you out of high school. We're going to give you the flexibility to just crank out all the college credits you can get and you can spend your time doing what you love. So my kid, both my kids were on a robotics team that I coached. I'm like, hey, go spend 40 hours a week building robots and playing video games, right? That's not what most parents normally say. Yeah. But he graduated high school with about 57 credits. They were all accepted at the university that he went to. And so that's what's allowed him to accelerate. It cost us a fraction of the money for those credits because, A, I mean, we already had to pay for his last two years at home anyway. So that didn't change. But he bought he he got the credits for a fraction of the price and he had the freedom to go do that. And, you know, our attitude's like, look, if you're going to play video games, win money. So he's won probably over 10 grand playing video games. Wow. So your kids, clearly, when I hear this, they have, I guess the word I would use is vision, maybe drive. None of those. None of those? Nor are they smart. (laughs) You say, nor are they smart? They've been, you know what? And this is what people come and say to me. Oh, your kids are so smart. I'm like, they aren't smart. Like when I compare them to other kids, they aren't the top 1% or anything. They've been trained Mm. their entire life from the time they were little kids. They've been trained and educated. And yeah, so at the end of every school year, we would go have a talk with the teachers. What did they excel in? Where did they struggle? And then most parents would go, okay, it's summertime, uh, whatever. See you in the fall. At which point, when you come back in the fall, the studies are shown most kids are two to three months behind. And then the teacher spends the next three months catching them all up. And then you begin. What we did was, okay, these are the areas you struggle. This summer, we're going to work on all your struggles. So that when you get back to school this fall, those are no longer struggles. Spend a little time where you excel so that when you get back to school in the area that you excel, you can crank through the school part that you excel in so you can spend time where you struggle and you will have a balanced load throughout the year. Mm. And it's easier then, right? And so it's just the constant, hey, you're in school to learn and schools don't teach anymore. That's a whole nother subject. Um, But also what is the adult that I want to have and what is the outcome we need for those kids to learn? So critical thinking, you know, confidence to stand up, the ability to speak, the ability to write, the ability to communicate with adults and to be able to hold their own and to say, you know what, this is right. This is wrong. I want X and the ability to pursue those dreams. So like when my son was in eighth grade, I'm like, go, go learn something over the summer. So he found some course that he thought was cool out of MIT. They're all free on Coursera. You can, you can do this. And he started taking the course and we didn't realize exactly how hard it was (laughs) or that it was so math based. And I remember the first test, he got a 10. I'm like, cool. You got a 10. That's wonderful. By the end of the semester, he was getting 50s. I'm like, you know what? You're in eighth grade taking a class out of an Ivy League school that's designed for somebody who's 
five, six, eight years ahead of you. I don't care that you failed. I care yeah. that you tried. Did he care that he failed? No, because there was no parent pressure that you have to do this or you have to do that. So you were very involved and intentional with their education. What's interesting to me is sometimes when parents are overly involved with a child's education, the child takes no ownership in it. It almost feels like it's their parent driving it. So at the same time, clearly your kids, they also took ownership of this. How do you think you were involved, but not so to the point that they didn't take ownership themselves? Because we didn't tell them what to do. Hmm. Right. We gave them when they're younger, we tell them, hey, you need to learn X, Y, Z. But as they became older, it's it's. I didn't tell them which class to take. I'm like, go find something to learn. It in same thing with my daughter. What do you want to learn? Go find that. So here's the cool thing. And this is what I love about homeschooling. The, the, the criteria is wide and open. So you can go do what you want and say, I achieved this goal. And in the schools accept it and you move on. So when my daughter was in high school, she had certain things that she wanted to learn. I'm like, go learn them. Go find the best teacher for X. Go find the best teacher for Y. I don't care how it, what process or whatever, just go find and do and go get yourself an adult situation. So classic example, locally, we here have a program here. It's built around how do you give back to the community and you do philanthropy. So they have a high school version of this and the kids come together from a couple of high schools and they talk about it. Well, they run that same program for people who are in their late 20s and early 30s. In, an, in order to get to the program, you just have to belong to the local young professionals group. But do you know what the young professionals group doesn't have? It doesn't have a an age limit at the bottom, whereas they have an age limit kind of at the top. Like, go join at 16. And because of that, she got to go into the adult program because they sponsor the adult program. So she's walking into a group of people who are in their late 20s, early 30s, go, here's my story. And they're like, what are you doing in this room? Like, why wow. not? Why can't I be in this room? And the biggest thing, like I taught her is I go, when you go into that room, go meet women who are in their late twenties and ask them a simple question. What did you wish you knew when you were 18? Wow. And go find out and then don't make those mistakes. Wow. I, I love that. Um, so many questions running through my head. I, I I love the stuff that you're talking about. Did you and your wife, were you always on the same page with how you parented? We came to agreements. <laughs> there were times where there were certain things that were more important to her and weren't as important to me. I'm like, fine. There were times where, but I, so we were, we were the crazy parents who were, making decisions about schools and preschools and all that stuff in advance of the normal time to go look at that. We wanted the best schooling for our kids and the best schooling is not the most expensive. And we did, I mean, back then we had limited budgets, so, you know, we couldn't go to the most expensive school in town, 
But we went and looked at all of them and figured out which is the best match for our kids and the way they learn and will they fit in with our values. I think the biggest thing that parents may have learned this during COVID, I think prior to COVID, they were all oblivious to what goes on in schools. Since COVID, I think they've seen more and more, but essentially our school systems have fallen apart. Yeah. And and that goes all the way through college. I just interviewed, I don't know what is president chancellor of a college called Minerva the other day. And he's their acceptance rate is lower than the Ivy leagues. And he was just ripping into how bad education is at the college level, including the Ivy leagues. And I told you just before Daniel Pink was speaking this morning in town. Um, and he said, my daughter went to this very expensive school. He goes, I'm not going to tell you which one it was. And he's like, I can't believe how bad the education was. Mm. People are just oblivious to what's going on. Mm. I was talking to some young parents the other day and I told them because they were about to face the decision over where do our kids go to school. Um, and it feels like a big decision and it is, but at the same time I said, every child is homeschooled. And mm-hmm. to me what that means is what you how you personally train your child equips them to be educated wherever they go. The home and what you, how you teach them to be taught is the foundation for how they're going to learn outside of the home. So schools teach you what to think, not how to think. Yes. They used to teach you how to think. Yeah. That is the way that people were educated. And we have gotten away from that model in schools, just based on their current structure, the way they do things, testing mandates, they no longer can focus on that. And that is the underlying issue that's out there. And it, in order to do that, you literally need to build a system that's designed around that. And our school systems are not designed around that. They yeah. don't bring English into the math class and math into the science class and science into the gym class. They don't put all these things and they don't connect the dots. I think if I was talking to parents the other day around a campfire and I said, if there's only if you can only teach your child one lesson before they leave your home just one life principle. And what what I came to for them and said was the one principle would be life is not about me. Because I think selfishness is probably our biggest human problem. Is just when we look at everything through life through the lens of me, I want to know what you think about that. That thought, the importance of life is not about me. Does that cause any thoughts? So I'll kind of go the opposite way. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not really opposite, but in, and we talked about this earlier today, right? When everyone looks at the world, they go, well, if that person didn't do this and if this didn't happen and, mm-hmm. and they blame everything to the outside world, yeah. very few people look inside and say, what can I do to fix myself? Mm-hmm. Very few people realize that they have been given the unique strengths and gifts for their particular purpose. 
And they just need to find them from within. You don't need anything outside. You have everything you need. You mm-hmm. just have to figure out how to unlock yourself and look at the mirror. How, was um, was selfishness a, a very big problem for your kids? No, but for me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um Someone asked this question. This is kind of turns it in a different direction. So now your kids are 21 and 19. What about things like love, relationships? And you look at their life and and think about, you know, what are they going to do in that area of their life? Do you guys have any conversations about that? Yes. And my kids are 180 degrees apart. In other words, the way they look at relationships, the way they behave. Um, And I think that's one thing for parents to realize is you can do everything the same, but they all have their own lens. And so they're going to take it in their own way to their own nature, to their own needs. Um, It would not surprise me if my daughter came to me sometime in the near future and said, I'm getting married. Mm-hmm. At the same point, you know, through the dating process, she's learned what's good and what's bad, what's acceptable and what's not. And what she wants and the person that she wants to be with. Has she invited you or your wife very much into those conversations that that she's thinking through? Well, yeah, we've been involved in them. Yes. The good, the bad. And the you know, we've met the boyfriends and the boyfriend's parents Yeah. throughout. And that goes all the way back to literally to high school. Yeah. So, I, well, so let's take a step further back than that. I know all the kids that were in my kids' classes. Hmm. They've all been to my house. I know who they are. I know who their parents are because I was coaching soccer and being involved in Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts and all these things. I knew who my kids' friends were, and I knew who their parents were. Mm. And so we were always having conversations about behaviors and attitudes and outcomes. I love that. Let's finish with this topic. It, I assume, is going to be your sweet spot. But how did you raise your kids in terms of money? Take us back to the young, young ages. Kind of what was your process of training them to succeed financially in the world. So this is a constant conversation that I have with people. Uh, We are not taught money in school. I don't care what your degrees in. I have an MBA. They don't teach you how to build wealth and how to do those types of things. Um, I knew for our kids that we were going to be wealthy and that they needed to learn how to be good with money on their own because I have seen it go bad too often. Wealthy parents doing everything for their kids so that they don't have to struggle and ending up with Junior in the basement for the rest of his life because he never got what you talked about, that ability to go do for himself. Yeah. What we did at a very young age was we gave them money and then we gave them a set of rules. This is for spending. This is for savings. This is for giving away. Right. So we taught charity. We taught long term savings. This money that you're saving today to a five year old is for a time in the future that you cannot imagine. 
You can't buy a car with it. You can't use this for college. By the way, you have to pay for college because if you're smart enough to go to college, you're smart enough to pay for it. This will be for some time further out. And that's my, my daughter is having that conversation with me now at 21 and starting working like, hey, what am I supposed to do with this savings now? We've been doing this for, you know, 15, 16 years. <laughs> but the second part of that is so they learned how to use money when they went to the store. And they're like, I want candy. You're like, buy it. You got money. You will Love be it. shocked at how quickly a kid will not spend money that's theirs. They'll spend yeah. your money all day long. <laughs> and so we had the conversations around money. We had yeah. the conversations around investing. You know, my son's always yelling at me. He goes, you're, you're not making enough in my brokerage accounts. I want to take them over. Okay, have at it. You start figuring out your investing and how to do all that stuff and make decisions. So it's, it's like a, it's like a knob. Um, and this is where I think parents really struggle. You know, it's like the old a volume knob, right? It goes from zero to 10 and at zero, the kids have no control. And at 10, they have a hundred percent of control. Yeah. We, you as a parent, little by little need to go from zero to 10. And yes. so when my kids are in college and so my wife, he's, he's off doing whatever he's coming home late at night. I'm like, sweetie, he's at college. He lives his own life yeah. at this point. It's no longer mine to say to him, be home at this time. He's 18. He makes his choices and tell us where you're going. Not that we care where you're going. It's more a safety thing. Yeah. And so I, and so to be honest, our entire family has iPhones and every single person in the family has find my iPhone. So if at any point in time, anybody wants to see where anyone is in the family, they can both parents and kids. So the kids can see where I am Yeah, and we can see where they are. So that's trust. It's not do what I do, do, do what I say, not as I do. <laughs> yes. It's building that trust going, Hey, we want to see where you are from safety. Well, we want to see where you are from safety. Okay. See. So in terms of financial capabilities or financial understanding and whatnot, your kids, when they were three and four, they were at a zero, you're at the 10 and slowly they went from zero to 10, but you had to go from 10 to nine to eight to seven to give them ownership of it. Correct. They yeah. had to take ownership over time. And it started at a young age. It starts at a young age. Everything yeah. starts at a young age. Yeah. If you are not training your kids from birth, you are missing significant opportunities. So yes. zero to six kids, brainwaves, the way they are, it is designed for a certain type of learning. And if you weren't doing that learning during zero to six, you are putting them so far behind the curve. And so one of the biggest struggles is I think back and it's reminded me of this, you know, back when I was born, 98% of kids were potty trained by two. When my kids were born, 98% of kids weren't potty trained by two. <laughs> like we become the society of, I don't know where and how this happened. And parents, oh, he'll learn how to go at some point or I, they baby their kids and it's beyond comprehension to me. Yeah. And all of that stuff stacks. Everything compounds in life. So I'm a financial guy. I do. Hey, how do you compound money? 
Well, how do you compound skills? How do you compound your kid's education? And if, if you give up the first six, eight years, you're so far behind the curve. It's where we started. My kids aren't smart. They've just been trained from yeah. a very early age and it compounds. Rocky, I want to finish with this and we're going to change gears. I want to talk just about you for just a minute. You, I love for people to have trusted sources for help because everyone needs help with something. <laughs> and But it's very hard to find trusted sources. You are a, a, on a scale of one to 10, you are a 10 in my mind at helping people uh, and being a trusted source. You help people with what you have done with your own life, which is an important prerequisite. prerequisite. And you are really good at helping people do the same with their life. So I want to finish. Who is the perfect human, the perfect type of person that you help with what you do? There's no perfect human. (laughs) I'm a perfect person. I, I will say this. So my business clients are small business owners who struggle with their finances. That's where I get yeah. paid to work with people. But I, I give away everything on my other podcast, which is Richer Soul, where I just we have guests on and we teach people all these things that we're talking about. We go into so much more depth and I give it all away for free. You can listen and learn. There's no yeah. commercial business behind it. Yeah. Um, that said, I've worked with a lot of young people, 16, 17, 18, early 20s, to just help them define what did you want out of life? And we've had some podcast episodes on that. Um, I recommend the book. It's called Living Forward by Michael Hyatt. Like, go through that process, define what you want out of your life. And that is literally the Number one step, if you can define what you want and take the first step towards it over time, things will work out. Yeah. It's not a straight line to success. It's very bumpy. Yeah. So Richer Soul is the podcast that you would direct people to. Yes. I love it. Okay, Rocky, thanks for taking the time for this. Um, You are a wealth of wisdom. And for all of you who just listened in on this, I want to remind you of what we say all the time, and we always say it to you. You can know your purpose, you can know it clearly, and you can be set free to pursue it boldly. So whatever you're doing today, go live your best bold life.